Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's good. As well. That was good. That was good. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast episode. I don't know, I've lost count of how many episodes we've done, but Lee's going to say two. <laughs> like he said, one last that, week. No. I hope you're all well. Um, thank you for joining us. Many of you there already and many of you there waiting. Thanks very much for the support. Uh, much, much appreciated. If you could retweet us, like us, all that malarkey. Like the stream um, and all that jazz. Joining me this evening, uh, the usual Sussex, talking about the gut-wrenching defeat um, against Manchester City at the weekend. Lee Judges, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm all good, thank you very much. Really, really good. Uh, had a lovely uh, holiday, which is now all over. The Christmas tree's down. Uh, decorations. Always a, a sad day, that is, because you you know that the holiday's over, don't you, like? Do you know oh, what I, I mean? love it. I love taking it. Get the house back together again. Now, I, I, you know, have a sense of a little bit of depression when that happens and all that like. And I can't believe how quick this week and a bit's gone. You know, I mean, I'm going to say this now. It's Christmas Day. It's got to be the quickest day of the year. How quick does Christmas Day go? The actual day. It, yeah. You know what I mean? It's on double time, it or saying. It goes so quick. But it's all over. Back to work tomorrow. Back to normal. Uh, but looking forward to Thursday now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, a cup semi-final to um, to look forward to. Dan, yeah. how you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks, mate. Like Lee, um, goes quick, but for me, I had COVID over Christmas, so it was a disaster for me. So uh, I'm back now on the mend, and um, yeah, Christmas Day was slow, not quick. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, I've enjoyed um, watching Arsenal of late, so I'm looking forward to having a chat with you boys, and of course, looking forward to Thursday as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Graham, how are you, sir? Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, Craig. Happy New Year to you too, sir. Happy Cheers. Year. Happy New Year, mate. Um, yeah, really looking forward to getting into this uh, 
one tonight. As you know, I tried to get into a taxi just before Christmas, only to be told that it was reserved for the judge and Sophie Rose. <laughs> well, I don't know if people know, but Christmas Day was my 60th birthday. Oh, we did. Oh, I did. Happy we birthday. Did. I didn't yeah. know that. Happy birthday. Don't look at day over 40, mate. <laughs> so what happens then? Do you, on Christmas Day, what do you open presents in the morning and the afternoon? Where does that go about? Yeah, I, I open them when I get up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Don't have two settings? <laughs> it depends when I get up, Lee. <laughs> well, don't you have two settings? I've recovered from the Christmas Eve. But, you know, you're, you're ruining my joke, really. You know? Sorry. <laughs> so I'll start that one again, Lee. Oh, right? again, yeah. As you know, I tried to get into the taxi just before Christmas, only to be told it was reserved for the judge and Sophie Rhodes, right? Yeah, okay. we got that. Yeah, well, it's my, it was my birthday on Christmas Day. That was my 60th and my family. Oh, happy birthday. I didn't know it was your thank birthday. You, <laughs> thank you, Lee. Uh, and my family tried to book me a hospitality game, a uh, hospitality package for the City game. Did you know that? But when no. they found out, they found Arsenal only to be told that the last package had been sold to the judge. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, I don't seem to have much luck with uh, hospitality uh, packages because I tried it once before. Uh, and tried to get in with uh, Harry Simu to a Thierry Henry hospitality package, but Harry preferred to go for the Granite Jacker. <laughs> and so I, I dipped out there as well. So, yeah, nice to be back, boys. Another scripted joke, Harry. All the best. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you, you wouldn't want Graham as your best man at your wedding, would you? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you certainly wouldn't. Do you know what? Every, you joke, but every, I've been best man at three weddings and, and none of them are still together. <laughs> oh, well. I'm not surprised. What, even more what, reason, yeah, even more reason what, Graham, not is. to be your best man. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you tell them all they were getting in back of cabs with Sophie Rose? That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, did I tell you the time he got into the back of a cab? Yeah. If you ever marry Sophie Rose, Lee, don't put me as your best man. Listen, <laughs> Sophie says, when you get me back, it keeps phoning me up and saying, when we're getting back into the cab, you know what I mean? I must have done it. I mean, right? I think it's, it's, it's that, cab, it's it's that cab driver shop. she likes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers for that, Dan. Right? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so, lads, the weekend. Um, obviously, um, a massively, massively great performance um, that we put in against Manchester City, but obviously the wrong result. Now, Obviously, lots and lots of people have been talking about the referee and lots of people are talking about VAR and this, that and the other. But I want to start, We've, you know, I know you talked about it last night on Lee Judges TV. Um, go and subscribe to Lee Judges TV if you haven't already. There you go, Lee's little little plug for you. Oh, thank, um, you, very, thank you very much, sir. The plug, Craig. The Craig, the yeah. plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the first question I want to ask you, and I want to start with you, Lee, is the first question tonight is, how are you feeling about this side now? How are you feeling? Oh, this, this, this question will come to all of you. How are you feeling after that performance? I know it was only one game and we're all sitting here and we're saying, oh, how good we were and this, that and the other. And not many teams have done that to Manchester City this season. But how are you all feeling now about, you know, last year we were all sitting here saying out, in, in, out. You know, I don't see any, I, I can't see how anyone at the moment Going on the last few games, um, how uh, how um, anyone could want him out? This I've just got just before I go. I just want to just before you answer that. I just want I, I should have got this prepared. Really, shouldn't I? Um, since the Everton game, since we lost to Everton, 
We've picked up 12 points from 15. We're in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. And we've scored 20 goals. How are you feeling about that now, Lee? Well, encouraged. Unbelievable, really. Like, you know, I have to say that, you know. Well, the greatest thing about this is that, and I, and I say, after the Everton game, I, I, I thought I couldn't see us... I couldn't see us doing what we've done. I couldn't see a way back for Arteta. I really couldn't, like, you know. But what's happened, in my opinion, is that when um, when uh, when um, we was winning in that 10-game 10 10 game unbeaten run, the, the performances weren't there as well. There were some poor, poor performances there, like, you know, um, uh, as, you know, not, we've got the results, but, like, 1-0 against Burnley, 1-0 against Norwich, you know, there weren't, weren't great encouraging performances. Now, I, I know after the game against Evan, I spoke to a few of my mates who were saying like, um, who were very much back in Arteta and they've said, well, I can't see any way back for him now. I, I really can't. But what, what happens is, you know, results, results is it's, it's still, it's all about results. And I don't care what anybody says. It's not just been about getting the results. The performances have been there as well. The, the game against Southampton was a massive turning point for me. I, I remember saying to Dan that day, going to the game, oh, fancy going to the game. It's a chore after that Everton game. I didn't really want to go. I thought it was going to be a real tough, dogged sort of a game. We brushed them aside, brushed them aside. And that goal, remember the goal, Lacazette score of the free-flowing goal, I think was the massive turning point. But also, I have to say this, with it, and I've always said this about Arteta, and I'll say it again, he is one lucky man. Like, you know what I mean? He has things going. You know, the Aubameyang thing could have blown up in his face. He should have probably dropped Aubameyang a couple of games before, but didn't really have the bottle to do it for whatever reason. I get, you know, um, maybe he was reluctant to drop him and all that. Like, it was forced upon him. In comes Martinelli and he's been a breath of fresh air. Mm. I think he's the difference between Arsenal being this... Not so, like getting over the line in games now to be free-flowing stuff because we've got him going down the left-hand side and Saka going down the right. And it's 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 breathtaking. It's breathtaking to watch them two on on um, on uh, Saturday, New Year's Day, absolutely ripping apart with movement, pace, energy to, you know, a, a team of one of the best teams in, in, in Europe, if not the best team in Europe, if I'll be honest. And the, the, the transformation of the team has been incredible. It's been incredible. I never see it, Carl. After that Everton game, I, I, I never see this happening. But the way we've destroyed teams, like, you know, I know you, you Norwich are bottom of the league, but we destroyed them. I've seen us go and uh, destroy Leeds. Leeds, by the way, are picking up a few results here. But the same players that they've got that we when we played against them, by the way, not much of a difference. Destroyed Leeds. I'll tell you what, the performance against West Ham. West Ham, since I know they lost to the Spurs uh, straight after us, but they give they were all over Spurs, by the way. Let's be honest about it. Shouldn't should never have lost that game. That was about Antonio. By the way, when we played them, same team with with Antonio, they never got a kick, Craig. They never got a kick against us. And I'm looking at that thinking, wow. And then I watched West Ham destroying teams, uh, you know, going to Crystal Palace. I know it went and it 3-2, but they was all over them at one stage. I'm thinking, wow, you know, there's something in this team. And when, so, right, let's see what can happen against Man City. Uh, forget about the result at this moment. The performance was incredible. It was incredible. I, I, I'll be honest, looking back, I've watched it again, looking back on it. 
we was probably capitulated ourselves. It wasn't anything Manchester City done. It was our own mm. doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the penalty decision, we lost our discipline a little bit, like, you know. But I will say, when a referee continues to keep giving, and, and I, I don't know if you, anybody have seen it, but the refreshing thing from Gabby Lobonga Hall, I think that's his name, uh, <laughs> and uh, a couple of them, I was just calling him Gabby. What, what a name that is once you've had a few beers, you know what I mean, like, you know. Um, but turning around, and it was about... I can't remember. There's another pundit who was saying it. Um, when you look at it and analyse it, the the referee refereed two teams differently in that game. Now, I'm not making excuses about it. He refereed differently. In the first half, Saka goes past uh, Rodri. Rodri brings him down. Standard yellow card tells him not to do it again. When Gabriel does, does it, standard yellow card, couldn't wait to book him. And it continued and continued and continued. And when professional footballers are saying that, there's something in it. You know what I mean? Like, And it was, we, you know, I think um, it was Halsley, the, the referee, turned around and said, you know what I mean? Like, poor, poor decisions going against Arsenal all the time. Now, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy or whatever. Like, it, it just I just think that the referee is crap. Should never be refereeing the Premier League, in my opinion. And, 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 Whatever way you look at it, that's how it was. But let's forget about all of that. The performance, the way we ripped Manchester City apart. I've not seen that. We were just talking off air. You know, Chelsea done it last season with the one nil wins in the league and, and and the FA Cup and the uh, the Champions League. They beat them by doing it a, a different way, by defending, you know, riding their luck a bit. Spurs beat Manchester City by riding their luck. We actually took the game to them toe-to-toe with them, which a lot of people have said, oh, don't, you can't go toe-to-toe with Man City. You'll get this and you'll get that. We went toe-to-toe with them with a young side and got on top of them and realistically should have been two or three nil up in the first half. You know what I mean? So I'm going to take the pluses from it and everything from, from that. And if Arsenal continue to play like that, I'm not saying they're going to play like that every week, but when it comes up against Spurs, I'm telling you that now, if we play like that against Spurs, we are in for a very, very good afternoon or evening, whenever it is, at the new White Hart Lane. But we've got to play like that against the big sides. Whatever way you do, we've capitulated against But I've got to be honest. I watched Chelsea uh, when they played us this season, right? Uh, and, and it was just a stroll in the park and, and ended up beating us 2-0. And I'm going to say this, after the last three times I've watched De Bruyne, I've pearled over him. It's like been like a training game to him. He just like had the Emirates to himself. He hardly got a kick in that game. And that is all down to the Arsenal and the way we played. So for me, I'm going to take the pluses from it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely brilliant, mate. I mean, you go on in that that De Bruyne point. He actually fell to he actually fell to his back when he, when the final whistle went. The was wrecked. He was lying on the floor because he was so tired, um, but done nothing. So, I mean, that goes to show, you know, that goes to show we, we kept him quiet, running around trying to do stuff, and he couldn't do anything. This one comes in from Alexander. Thank you very much, sir. Rodri should have been sent off. He made so many fouls. It's incredible. He only got a yellow when he took his shirt off to celebrate. Very sketchy. I have to yeah, agree. Can't, can't 11, Arsenal, I think it was 11 in the second half, 11 fouls, five yellows, one red. <laughs> Yeah, Dan. They didn't, get a, they didn't get a booking to the 90th minute. Yeah, well, he score. only got yeah, yeah. Till it's you know, he, Alexander's right, isn't he? A bit sketchy, isn't it? Um, 
Dan, Lee, Lee will come to you with the same question, but I just want to touch on what Lee said there. He said that Arteta is a lucky man, um, that the Obama Yang thing could have gone, you know, tits up, could have exploded in his face. And Lee is correct. Is he lucky or brave? I think he's a bit, I, I think it's a bit of bravery. With what? The Aubameyang thing? Yeah. To, to, yeah, to come I think out the right to drop the captain twice. You, you know, he dropped him against Spurs for being late and now he's dropped him again. Doesn't look like there's any way back for him. Is that brave or, you know? Yeah, I think it is brave. I think it's the right decision. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I think he's made the decision just like Thomas Tuchel has with Lukaku um, for the same similar sort of stuff really just lack of discipline and just unprofessionalism and I think that's what you've got to do as a manager now it's good to see it's refreshing Craig we've seen enough player power in this game over the last 10 years it's good sometimes that you get to see the manager stick up for the team and stick up for the club and stick up for himself and I think that it was bravery um where do I sit with the situation at the moment I think everyone's pretty aware of my thoughts of um Mm. the last two years um it's been horrible if I'm honest with you it hasn't been pleasant at all and um I don't think that it's all been down to Mikel Arteta. Um, my, my fingers were pointing at the board and the ownership a lot more than it was Mikel Arteta. Um, but I was pretty done on a, a few occasions, really, very early on in the last season. I think season, we all was, were, mate, like, to be honest. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Were. I was completely, completely fed up with it. Um, Villarreal should have been sacked to stand by it. Um, it was a shambles. And... Um, I said, what I'll do, I won't get too excited about the 1-0 against Burnley and the 1-0 against Watford and the 1-0 against Norwich because we weren't playing well. We were just scraping through, a bit like what Spurs did at the moment. I will judge him on Liverpool away, Man United away and Everton away. And if he picks up four points from those, I'll be happy. And we got zilch, zero. And I was like, just get him gone, please. It's ridiculous. We're playing poor. It's really bad to watch. And I can't go on much longer than this. Since then... I called out not just the manager to do something better, but I've been calling him out for two years. I called out one player that I really wanted to see a lot more from, and I've answered my questions. Mm. Martin Erdegaard. Um, I just sat there and I thought, what does he do then? You know, he's not quite nice on the ball. He doesn't score. He doesn't really assist. And he's, I think he's, he assisted four in the two-year period he'd been. And I thought, do you know what? This is unbelievable. So... When I looked at him answering the questions, I started to look at what else has been answered from me in the last couple of years. Style of play. I've been crying out for that. Never saw one. Didn't really understand what we were trying to do. A lot of people said they understood what we were trying to do. I couldn't even see what we were trying to do. But i tell you what I've seen in the last five or, five or six games, Craig, is a style of play that is attractive and that is getting the attacking players working in the final third. And I put that down to a couple of things, and Graham will probably be able to touch on this better than me because he is a tactical master master uh, in comparison to myself. But I, I, I'll tell you what I've seen in the last few games that has really impressed me. And that is passing in triangles on the right and on the left. There seems to me to be triangles on the right-hand side between Tommy Asu, Saka and either Erdegaard or Party, And then on the left-hand side, there seems to be Tierney, Chaka and Martinelli. And then what you get in the middle for me is a diamond. And Lacazette's at that tip, Chaka's at that base and Party and Erdegaard are either side of it. And that just seems to be working for me. I love what Lacazette's doing at the moment in terms of his link-up play, and I think he is wearing the armband with a little bit of pride, which is probably the first time we can say that in quite a while. Mm. And these young guns are absolutely firing. Let's look at Saka, his performance. I'm sorry, but that is an outstanding performance for anybody, no matter what age you are. When you look at how young this kid is, 
it was sensational. There's a fantastic photo of him surrounded by seven Manchester City players. And the only one that I'm worried about is the one wearing the black shirt in the middle called the ref because the others couldn't touch him. It was unbelievable performance from him and Tommy Asu down that right-hand side. So I'm starting to see a little bit more of an understanding of what style we're looking at. I answered the question, please beat people convincingly. We are. We've beaten Leeds and Norwich by quite a convincing uh, amount of goals. And I wanted us to compete with the big boys. Now, whether or not people agree that West Ham are a big club or not, they are this season because they're in the mix for top four. So that meant that we had to go out there and we had to compete with them at home. And we did. And I wanted to see us compete with a team that doesn't batter us four or five nil in the top four because that's what we've seen previously this season and we competed and we performed and I think Man City came off that field celebrating like they've won the league because they knew that they got away with one there's no there's no there's no doubt about it Craig they all like you said Kevin De Bruyne are on the floor thinking how the hell did we do that I'm knackered Rodri taking his shirt off going nuts like he's just won the, the World Cup for him because he knows that they did not deserve it Pep Guardiola come out and he said the better team lost so when we start to look at that improvement and progress, I am more than happy to accept that we are a better team going forward in the last five games than we have been the whole of this season. And I agree with Lee, Gabriel Martinelli is a massive part of that. And again, we can't really tell whether Martinelli has always been ready and it's Martinelli proving Arteta wrong or it's a genius stroke from the manager and he's now said, go on then, you're ready, mate. Actually, I don't know what way it is. I'm just loving seeing this kid play. I've been wanting to see it for a long time. I think he's an absolute breath of fresh air. He does not stop running. And I think the way that he leads by example as a young player actually eggs on all of the others around him. The likes of Saka and Smith-Rowe when he does come on because we've seen him on the bench of late. Erdegaard, of course. And I must say just lastly, we talk about partnerships and individual quality. I thought one player on the pitch was by far the best and his name was Thomas Partey. Mm. He was outstanding. And, you know, you can look at Granite Chaka's performances and start saying how fantastic he can be. You know, he's still a liability and we see that again at the weekend. But Thomas Partey was outstanding. Absolutely amazing. So to answer your question in a nutshell, Craig, yeah, I think things are improving. But this is a big, big month for Arsenal coming up and it could be a massive month of wow. We're in the Bauer Cup final. Next round of the FA Cup, we beat Spurs and we're in the mix for top four. Or it could be we're seventh place out of both the Cups and our season's pretty bleak. So this is a huge four weeks for Arsenal mm. Football Club coming up. Graham, um, you know, what is it that's got better? Um, you know, then. Dan has, you know, pointed out about the triangles and the diamonds and, you know, that obviously is being implemented by the coaches. But what is it for you, Graham, that's got better over the, you know, the last few weeks? I would take it back to the recruitment. Uh, if you think back to the end of August before he brought in the players that he brought in, Craig, uh, I remember going to the Chelsea game. And do you know what our defence was that day against Chelsea? Say that again, um, sorry? Uh, the, our defence against Chelsea that day uh, when we lost them 2-0 at the Emirates. We had yeah, Leno, yeah, in goal, yeah. Leno in goal, Chambers at right-back, Holding and Mari. Uh, yeah. And the only regular there was Kian Tierney at left-back. So first thing I think they've done really well is the recruitment. The recruitment uh, in changing the defence, they brought in a goalkeeper who, when he came in, let's face it, had been in two relegated sides. Everybody had no faith in. Uh, and he's proved to be really, I think, out, an outstanding signing. 
the way his starting position is high, the way he claims crosses, the way he distributes the ball, that's the first thing. That has had a massive effect on the team, right? He's also brought in a centre-half, Benjamin White, who can play out from the back, who's comfortable on the ball, who's also good off the ball as well. And with Gabriel's formed a really good centre-half partnership. That's another key thing that he's done right. We've now got two quality centre-halves. Um, and he's really lucky in that he's got what I would call four exceptional young players. And those four exceptional young players who are far more mature than their ages are Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe. And when you've got talent like that uh, up, up top, players who can come short, players who can run in behind, you've got exceptional football players. So he's, he's got that right. But what he's also done well is, I think, as Lee and Dan have touched on, is I think he was holding the team back slightly uh, in the coaching before. He's now given us a structure and a base to play from and allowing these young talents to express themselves. And he's actually put in place plans now, which I think I saw on Saturday, an absolutely magnificent performance, which uh, against a team that is a benchmark. And I think that we are now in this top four race. Um, and I think I agree with Lee and Dan. I think the next month is going to be pivotal. But I don't see anything from the other teams that we need to be afraid of. Um, this is a young team. You've got to remember, they changed direction. In the past, they'd always gone for older players. Uh, and we're moving away from that now. We're nailing down young players on long contracts. So the whole focus of the club has changed uh, in the way we're going. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've seen you know, a change of direction on the pitch, Craig, in the way we're playing. You know, we're playing higher up the pitch now. Uh, Dan made some good points. I think the... the, the uh, there are triangles on both sides. On the right-hand side, you've got that uh, Saka works with Odegaard. Uh, Tommy Asu is more inverted, um, but he can come up as well. Uh, and then you've got on the left-hand side, you've got Martinelli, uh, you've got Tierney, who's not bombing up high all the time now. It's more um, Saturday was really disciplined. He was coming up high uh, when he needed to be, but he's working in a partnership with Granit Xhaka. And Granit Xhaka is pressing up high now. And the reason he's able to do that is because he's got the confidence of defenders behind him who are really good one-on-one -on -one and good, good in duels who can and play high and have got pace. So, And then you've got the, the power and the presence of Thomas Party finally showing itself in midfield. So I think now he's got all the ingredients now of, of a good team. Uh, and I think it's it started with a good recruitment from me. At the end of that transfer window, we'd lost our first three. We were on minus nine. And albeit it's taken with a young team. We, he's assembled a young team, Craig, the youngest in the league. So there's always going to be inconsistency. I think the it's the benefit is there to be seen now from these young players who are growing in a team. Uh, and I think, so in answer to your question, is I think it's, it's it started to go right when they got the recruitment right. In the past, the recruitment, when you think of the players we used to recruit, like Mustafi, Kalazanek, uh, and people like that, uh, we he's now got the recruitment right. It's his team. And and also a very brave decision with Aubameyang that had to go right. But in a way, it's worked for him. So... And I think that I'll leave you with this thought, and that is last year it was Smith Rowe coming into the team at Christmas that changed the direction of the club, the way he played between the lines. And this year, Dan and Lee are quite right. That Martinelli move now, coming in on that left-hand side, has really galvanised the team. His energy and his quality. Uh, but what he does, Martinelli, is, and, and it's a tactic I think we use really well, is that Ramsdale able to drill that ball out to his feet and he can kill it in an instant. And then... He literally, Cancelo, one of the best fullbacks in the league, was made to look really ordinary on Saturday. He was just running past him for fun. 
And and, and I think so. He's got lucky with one or two things that got his way, but he's hurt his luck because he took a massive gamble, changed the direction of the club, brought in young players, and I think it's bearing the fruits now, the rewards for him. Absolutely, I couldn't agree uh, anymore, mate. Talking about um, talking about Martin, Martin Odegaard, a couple of a couple of you have mentioned him. One thing I did notice at the weekend, although Lacazette's captain Lee, and he he's got the armband on. Every instruction that I saw coming from the sideline or when the ball went out of play or, you know, it was Martin Odegaard that was called over um, and it was Martin Odegaard that was given all the instructions. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago that he'd be my outside bet mm. um, for, for the armband. But I'm I'm thinking he's gonna, next season, I'm thinking he's going to be the favourite to get the armband. Captain of his country, of course. Um would you be happy with that? Would you be happy with Odegaard being captain? Because I mean, he quite like Graham rightly says, he, you know, he's getting better and better every game. Um, and when you see, you know, when you see the coaching staff giving the instructions to him, um, you know, that's got that's got to turn your head a bit. Yeah, I think that there's something in that. I think what the good thing about it at the moment is that um, <clears throat> where over the years, over the last few seasons, we've we've been really struggling for one captain or one leader. But I see three or four out there now, like, you know, um, and, and and the instructions and the determination from all quarters, you know. Um, Odegaard was one of the players that come off on, on Saturday when we went down to 10 men and we changed it a little bit, like, you know. And I think that's a big, big thing for me, watching the game back, is that we went down to 10 men and we didn't capitulate. Mm. We still actually look quite dangerous in going forward and all Absolutely. that. Right, you know? And we defended really, really well. And, and they, they didn't run us a mock. They weren't all over us. Um, and I think that, you know, if we did, you know, we, we <laughs> not saying that, that by losing Gabriel, we, we, the standard of central defending shown up there when, when um, holding comeback, cutting aside, should have won the header. He didn't, you know. I mean, he's not at the level of them two, and that's what we've got to do. We've got to get someone in there that's in and around the same level as there. So, i.e., that could be Saliba. But for, uh, going back to the, to the to the leading point of view, I like I like uh, I, I think it goes under the radar a little bit. But Tommy Asu leadership qualities are all there as well. Like you know, what I mean, urging them on, doing things, defending really, really, really well. Tierney, by, by the way, is, is another one there that you could go into. Gabriel, Udegaard, you've got um, Lacazette up there. So I think all of a sudden there's four, five, six players, you know, that all of a sudden, you know, you could even mention Ramsdale mm. as well. We, we we were struggling after one or two, like, you, you know. Well, I mean, if we were talking about, if we were having this conversation this time last year, we would have struggled to name one. We exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? that, that is that is down to good recruitment, as as Graham said. We've we've recruited some good players. You know, listen, look, I I I'm at the moment of feeling that you know, it's if we've, we've, with Martin Odegaard, I think it's going to take him. A, listen, that's a difficult position that he's playing in there, playmaker. Let's get this right. It's not you know people go say oh it's a, it's an easy role. It's a tough role to play. You've got to be very very good. You've got to be getting into little pockets and you've got to have the control and uh, to get the ball quickly out of your feet and play the passes. It's not an easy role to play. You've got to be gifted to play that role. And he's now just getting his feet under the table. And I, I think that, you know, he's, he, he's, he's, you know, in a position where he's, 
he's had to convince a lot of fans that he is the player yet. You know what I mean? And so he's only done it for four, five, six games. I see a little bit. I see, I seen the game against West Ham last season when we was three 0 when he took the game by the scruff of the neck and dragged us back down. I thought, I, we got a player, but it took him a little while to get back into it. The signing. Don't forget the disappointment of being rejected by Real Madrid. Might have took a bit of a a toll mentally and all that like so but he's come through all of that now and he's really buzzing now like looks a real real top top player you know 30 million pound we we sent we we sold joe willett for for, for 20 and we bought him for 30 you know that's an, that's another great bit of business what, what graham was on about with his recruitment you know to get to do that that was a fantastic bit of business and i think that uh was he 22? No, I think he's 23 now. He just turned 23 yeah, yeah. anyway, you know. You know, the ceiling's very, very high on him. The ceiling's very, very high on Martinelli, very high on, on Smith Rowe. And so, I, at the minute, I think we've got three or four captains, you know. You know, look, Gabriel, I think people giving him a little bit of stick uh, at the end of the day for what he'd done. He's only 24, Craig, you know what I mean? Uh, he's still young as in terms of being a, being a proper pro player. So... These guys have all got time on their side. And, and uh, so at the moment, I think the right thing at this moment to do for the football club is to keep giving the, the, the armband to Lacazette and hold him. Because at this moment in time, and let these players mature, let them find their feet, and then maybe next season make that make that call. I wouldn't make that call till next season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm firmly with you on that. Leave, just leave Lacazette in there at the moment. Give him the band because he seems to be, you know, he seems to be thriving while he's got it while he's got it on his arm. Um, Dan, another another question. I was I was speaking to my mate the other day who actually supports Manchester United, and he said to me that Arsenal look better without Aubameyang in the side. Now it can't be no coincidence that since he's been out of the side. We've actually turned it on a bit. Is there any truth in that? Do you think, Dan? Are yeah, the players, um, uh, you know, have has this affected the players positively that that he's been left out? Yeah, I think what they've done is together they've said our captain is no longer here. Um, whether that means in the side at training, training alone, we're still not quite sure. But at the moment, he's certainly not playing in the in the um, games. And what I think it's done is lift everybody. I kind of agree and disagree on what you've all said, actually, because what I do agree with is that there's certainly some candidates that can take that kind of mould on from Aubameyang's position now that he's not there. But there's not one solid candidate that's like, well, it's definitely him. Because even Lacazette, we don't know what's going on with him in the future. If he stays at Arsenal, I think he'll be our captain. But it doesn't look like he is because it looks like he's going to reject contracts. I think Herdegaard's a good shout in what I've seen the last few. I was a little bit shocked when people spoke about it because I've not really seen that on the pitch in terms of leadership. So, of course, when we discussed it, I think it was three weeks ago, I've started to look now at what people have been seeing and saying about Martin Odegaard and you can see a lot of communication you can also see a lot of gesturing and I think sometimes that's good about keeping shape and pushing forward and pressing and pointing at individuals I've seen quite a lot of that from other individuals like Tierney, Gabriel and also Aaron Ramsdale so we've got three or four names there that are in the mix but certainly those individuals I think have already shown us that they have got leadership quality, but it's gone even further now that Aubameyang's been out of the team. And I think it's more noticeable, Craig, for sure. I think also what it's done is, although Aubameyang was actually improving some of his work rate of the last um, few games, um, the last few games where I felt he should have been dropped, i.e. Watford, Liverpool, I think Newcastle was another game as well. 
I feel like he wasn't working hard in those games and something was gone mentally with him. And then, of course, this has happened. Whatever this is, he's no longer in the team. So I think that we've definitely changed our style because of Aubameyang leaving. And I think what Martinelli and Erdegaard and both Smith-Rowe and Saka bring is a lot more tenacity and work rate and never say die attitude. And Lacazette's hold-up play and link-up play is chalk and cheese in comparison to Aubameyang's. Aubameyang's not that type of player. Aubameyang's one of those players that you just give him the ball one-on-one and you use his pace and power and his finishing ability to score the hundreds of goals that he scored for Arsenal in the last couple of years. Lacazette's not that guy. Lacazette doesn't score as many, but actually he's very important because of his link-up play. And also, he's shown for me, I don't know what everyone else thinks, in the last five, six games with that armband, that he is more of a leader than Aubameyang on the pitch. I think a lot of the youngsters have come to a Lacazette a lot more than I've ever seen them come to Aubameyang. So I think there's maybe an element of feeling a lot more comfortable without Aubameyang there. Sometimes, Craig, when you lose a big character, and I don't mean a big character in the dressing room, a big, a big name of, of football, like a Thierry Henry in 2008, we nearly won the league the year Henry left us, remember? Mm. We were only an Eduardo leg break away from winning yep. the league because all of the players stepped up. The Fabregas, the Van Persie, then the Riziki, the Chleb, the Flamini. They all said, well, we're the leaders now. Our leader's gone. I think we're seeing similar now that Aubameyang's out the side. So that's how I'd answer that question, mate, moving forward. Brilliantly answered, mate. Brilliantly answered. Graham, there is, with with the Odegaard thing, before we come back, we'll go back to obviously the game um, after this question. But with the Odegaard thing, Odegaard Smith-Rowe, you know, that's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a conundrum for, for, for Mikel Arteta um, about which one he's going to play. You know, if he keeps playing Odegaard, is that going to hinder... Um, Smith Rowe's progression in the side, or you know, if he plays Smith Rowe, is Martin Odegaard going to get you know? Is he is he going to get cheesed off? It's 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 a nice it's a nice um, it's a nice problem for the manager to have, Graham, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a, a lovely problem for the manager to have, and I think that you've got four players there for three positions. I think Smith Rowe at the moment is coming off the bench and doing what he has to do. So, uh, and and I think. You know, there's plenty of games in football. Players pick up injuries. Players lose form. So, and sometimes you do have to freshen up. So, I'm pretty sure, you know, Smith Rowe can. You're talking about Craig. You're talking about uh, Smith Rowe and Odegaard having to rotate. But who's to say they're the two that have to rotate? It could be yeah. a case of Smith Rowe who come in and play on the left. Um, you know, you could change the dynamics of of those players around. So it's not necessarily Smith Rowe can play at ten. Smith Rowe can play wide left. Martinelli's proved he can play on the right and he can play on the left. Um, so the, you know, this, you've got four good players there, top players, very mature players for young lads, and I think they're all quality. And I think there'll be plenty of chances for Smith Rowe to get back in the team, but it won't necessarily be an answer to a question for Odegaard. But the one thing Odegaard um, is showing me already is the thing he offers, which we need to talk about here, is not just what he does on the ball between the lines, what he does off the ball. Mm. Uh, and I think you saw evidence of it on Saturday. What Man City like to do in their build-up, they like to use Rodri uh, when they play out from goal kicks. And he was the one who was pressing on, cutting off the screen that pass into Rodri. He's working so hard to stop City. It wasn't just him, mind you. It was the whole team. Martinelli was, was the trigger to go on to uh, Diaz when he got the ball on the right. Uh, Jack was pressing well on, on their right back as well. But Odegaard, to me, does a tremendous amount of work off the ball that goes unnoticed. And I think 
So he's, you know, offering real quality, not only on the ball, Craig, but off the ball. But in asking your question, doesn't necessarily have to be Odegaard, Spocker and Smith Rowe. You can play any three into those four, and, and um, four into three, sorry. But just going back to your question that Dan answered really well, I think with the Aubameyang situation, Lacazette clearly, and we saw it last season, brings out the best in those players. And I think Martinelli does something that Aubameyang can't do in that wide left position. He can come short and he can run in behind. Aubameyang's very good one-on-one -on -one running in, but he can't come short. He's, he plays the one way. And, and, and the good thing we've got now on the right and the left, we've got players like Saka and Martinelli who can not only come short, but can spin in behind. Allberg's very much at his time of life, and he's on the dip. You have to remember his, his numbers are dropping. Mm. Uh, can't do that. And I think so, in a way, you know, Arteta was always going to be judged how this worked out. Had this not happened, he would be judged wrongly in taking a Bamiang out of the team. But the fact that these young players have stepped up and Lacazette has done such a good job in sort of like allowing them to play off him has worked in Arteta's favour. So we've got four young talents there for three positions, but they can be rotated, Greg. Great. I like it. I like it. Dan, you wanted to come back in on that point, mate? Yeah, I, just quickly, I just wanted to, to touch on having a squad because a lot of the time people talk about how great the squad of Manchester City is um, and other teams, particularly in Chelsea and in England and other, and other areas. But Arsenal have probably got maybe 14, 15 players and we need 20 to 25 if we want to be competing with the big boys. So sometimes it does frustrate me a little when Arsenal fans go, well, what's going to happen with Smith-Rowe now? He's going to be unhappy. Oh, we can't get Pepe in the side. He needs to be sold. Actually, we do need a squad. We don't need 11 players. So I think sometimes it's good and healthy competition. And Martinelli had to wait for his time. Um, he got an injury to Smith-Rowe, which allowed him to get into the side. Aubameyang's now injured, which has allowed Erdegaard to come back into the mix, into that kind of new position. So they're no longer playing Lacazette and Aubameyang. They're now playing Erdegaard behind Lacazette. And I think that there will be opportunities in injuries, and we've seen the African Cup of Nations come into play now. There will be opportunities for this this side. But it's good for us and healthy for us to have a squad. And I just think mm. sometimes as fans, we get a little bit on the back of the players that aren't getting a chance. I absolutely love Smith-Rowe, and I think he's been one of the best players this season. But actually, he's coming on and he's still impacting. He's still making a difference. He's still scoring goals and creating and assisting and if he continues to do that he will get an opportunity where somebody else will drop out of that side and it might be that against Forest in a couple of games time or even the Liverpool on Thursday that Lacazette drops out and we see Martinelli in the number nine position with Erdegaard behind him and Saka and Smith Rowe either side mm, of that you just don't point. know there's opportunities yeah. there for these kids to get back in so I just wanted to make that point on the back of what Graham was saying and a, and a perfectly valid one mate very well done I mean it is it is something nice to have you know the that thing of having a squad because it's been for so long now. We've been watching a team that, you know, you can go back years and years and years. And I, you know, I said it, I said it years and years ago because we haven't had a squad. You've had players who are turning up knowing that they're playing every week, and and that, you know, it doesn't keep you, it doesn't keep you on your toes, doesn't keep you fresh, and it's not good, I don't think, for for a football club to, you know, have that kind of same eleven every week um, with with no one pushing, and especially the young fellas. We all know that a young fella. It happens on a Sunday afternoon. The young fella wants to get on the pitch and he wants to prove himself to the manager, doesn't he? You know, he wants he wants his game. Um, and I think that's what's happening now at Arsenal. And I think that the players on the pitch are now realising that if I don't play very well, someone else is just going to come up behind me and take my place. And especially with Arteta as manager, because we, we've seen how ruthless he can be. 
And do you remember in the unbeaten season, Craig, where we went, you know, with Carlu and Wiltord? No one said, mm. oh, where are they going to go then? Because they're not getting in the team. We kept them mm. and we bruised them and we brought them on to try and compete yeah. with the other competitions. And I think that's what we need. So, you know, it's not it's not a bad thing having Tavares and Tierney. It's not a bad thing having Erdogan and Smith-Rowe. Um, so uh, long may it continue. And we need that in every position if we want to compete with the big boys. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, don't, don't forget, this is not just for this season. They've been bought, these players to go on when we go on to different, bigger and better things. You know, it's a great point that Dan makes there also about Lacazette. It was very interesting the game yesterday on Saturday that when the change made for Lacazette, it was Martinelli went down the down the centre instead of actually keeping Martinelli there, maybe bringing on, um, oh sorry, keeping Lacazette on and bringing on Pepe and all that. They chose to go down the route of Martinelli. I think maybe because they're a little bit more extra pace. But it's interesting now that, that what Dan's saying there, that there seems to be like that trust that he's doing well out on the wide area, that maybe the, the trust then comes into the middle. I, I think it's a very interesting thing over the next year or so, what's going to happen with Martinelli. Is he going to continue him to play on the left-hand side or is he going to um, look to to, uh, to develop him as a centre-forward? And then, then comes the question with Smith-Rowe, do they look to develop him as a wide player, what he's been doing, or do they look to develop him into to the, to a goal-scoring number eight? By the way, is something that we still need. So there's there's still lots of room and manoeuvres for, for a certain few players. And I think that one of the jobs that um, Arteta's got to do is to get these four fantastic young players in the team at the same time. At the moment, he's got three. He's got to try and find a way of four. That's going to be difficult. But, but we need these four players playing on a regular basis. Absolutely. I mean, was it uh, Alan Hansen that gave the famous quote that you won't win anything with kids? And I think Manchester United went on to do the treble, didn't they, that year? <laughs> um, so, you know, we've got best, best four kids now. Yeah. Uh, if you want to include Ulegaard in that, but definitely with Martinelli, Smith-Rowe and, and Saka, the best three at that age, I think in Europe at this moment in time, they're, they're that good, these three, these three, you know what I mean? I, I really do. I agree. I agree. There's not a lot better, that, you know, if there is someone better, there's not there's not a lot better than them in this league at the moment. Listen, keep, keep, uh, keep Graham on mute. He, he's forgot he's on mute. Like, you know what I mean? so yeah. <laughs> he can't come in. <laughs> he can't come he in. He can't come in. <laughs> do you want to come in there, Graham? Yeah, yeah, I come in. Thank you. Just quickly, Lee, just to say Odegaard's only 22. Yeah, so he's 23. Is he, was he 23? Just a couple I think of weeks. 22. Don't matter. I don't matter if he's 22, 23. He's still very, very young. So I'll include him in that under 23. He's 22 you know, until he's 23. That's how it works. <laughs> oh! <laughs> these, guys, these guys could still be playing under 20. All, three, all four of them could be playing under 23 football. Yeah. Amazing. That's mad. Yeah. That's mad. mad. Going we're back under to. 23 league, wouldn't we? <laughs> Going back to the game, um, I think we all touched on it. Like Arsenal, in, in the end, uh, a great performance. But in the end, Arsenal beat Arsenal. <laughs> um, the same old Arsenal, should we say. Uh, Granite Jack are giving away. Look, I, I, I've watched it and watched it and watched it and watched it. And I still I, I, I still don't think it's a penalty. That's no, really, a dive. Completely. I think people He's are to get a penalty. Yeah, Granite Xhaka, yes, has got hold of his shirt, right? I'm not denying that fact. But just because he's got hold of his shirt doesn't mean it's a foul, right? 
Now, the only reason it looks like Granite Xhaka's pulling his shirt is because I would like to see anyone try and hold up a, pe- a fella from diving by the shirt. You're going to try and hold him up? Because it's not happening. The reason why, for me, it looks like he's pulled his shirt is because he's diving, and obviously Granite Xhaka's got his shirt, and obviously the material stretch from when he's diving. I don't think Granite Xhaka tugs him and 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 brings him down. That that contact that contact from Granite Xhaka doesn't, in any context, make Bernardo Silva go over like he did. It's a complete dive. the The fact that the referee has waved it away and play, you know, a play on, and then has been brought back to VAR. Th- now, this is where I have a problem because we had a stonewall penalty turned down in the first half. I don't care what you say. It's a penalty to Arsenal. Edison's foot hits Odegaard's foot and then the ball goes away. Takes him down. It's a penalty. My question is, Lee, why wasn't the referee told to go and have a look at that? Well, that, that's it. Like, just before we got that, GB saying Holland, uh, M. Patrick, Trent, are they all in the same team? Yeah, very true. I, I think like Patrick plays for PSG. Like, I'm talking about three players in the same team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just get that out of the way. Don't make me look a mug. All right, like, <laughs> you do a good job of that yourself. Right. Yes, yes, that's fair. That's fair comment. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'll, I'll go on. A, listen, if you're pulling a shirt, right? If I'm pulling, if I'm, if I'm pulling your shirt, you're not going to dive forward, are you? No. You can't dive forward on the pulling of the shirt. So why is he going forward then? You should be going. If you're pulling your shirt, you should be going back. So it's a load of old crap. It's a, you know, like, um, it's it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Yes, because he's a, he shouldn't have been grabbing hold of his shirt. We know that. If he hadn't grabbed hold of his shirt, right, if he hadn't touched his shirt, they would have looked at that and go, that's never a, he's died. It's a dive, yeah, exactly. He's died. Yeah. But because he's giving that, his stupidity of Xhaka to do that, especially in the box, you know what I mean? And I would like to, you know, you know, slap his head about and say, when are you going to stop doing things like that? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I agree with it. Absolutely. And, the moment yeah. and everything like that. He's got caught out a little bit and he's panicked. He's, he's panicked. Listen, as a footballer, as a, a personal pride of a footballer, if someone beats you, you don't like it. You try to grab hold of them, you try to kick them or whatever, because you don't like to be mugged off on a football field when someone's done you. Do you know what I mean? But, so it's just a panic reaction, like, you know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is he's dived and he's dived to get a penalty, you know, and, and you can see that. Now, if you was, if I was a referee, it's nothing against Arsenal because it's Arsenal or whatever. I look at that and go, no, no, sorry, mate, you've dived. You know what I mean? I would have said, no, nah, sorry, he's dived, you know, and, and you can see that he has. But, but unfortunately, football's not like that now, you know what I mean, of it all. You know, someone said to me that, um, you, you know, like... Um, Oligard made too much of a meal out of it. What, 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 I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> you can't have one and not the other. That is yeah, my beef yeah. about it. You go back to uh, the Liverpool-Tottenham game. Harry Kane is not asked to go to VAR, and, and Robinson is. Robinson's at the moment sitting on a three-game ban because of that. That's not right, Craig. It's not right no. that one player does a worse foul and is not because of someone's opinion watching a screen. And that's what it is at the end of the day. It's someone's opinion... Like, you know, those two penalties were not fact. This is my argument about VAR. They are not fact. It was a referee's opinion on the pitch, turned around and said they both weren't penalties. It's someone's opinion on a screen that turns around and says one is and one's not. 
there's there's too much grey area and too much about opinions. When the yeah. ball goes over the line, you know that it's over the line. It's a fact, and you can't argue it. With a, with the, the offside, you know it's a little line and all that. Like you are, it's still fact. The fact of the matter on that VAR, there's two penalty decisions there, and it's an opinion of a referee. Now, what I would say about that is, and which happened to us on a couple of occasions, it happened to us twice now. We've had penalty. I've, I've seen a, I can go back to the one with Eddie against, um, I think it was Leeds in the Cup. You know, it's contact there, it's a penalty, but no, 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 I'm not going to give, not oh, going to go. What about, what about the one at Old Trafford where Harry Maguire pulls back Tommy? Pulls back the shirt. It's Nothing's going to go back. No, not going to go back on that, yeah. but it's supposed to go back on the Ronaldo one, which was a penalty, yeah, right? And they've also gone back on, on that one. But on other occasions, I've heard them turn around and go, oh, well, they're not going to go back because it's not quite quite clear and obvious. You know what I mean? Like, And I don't care what anybody says about that penalty. Not me being biased on that. It's not clear and obvious that's a penalty uh, on um, on Silva. It's not clear and obvious. And it's not clear and obvious with the one with um, Odegaard as well. It, you know, it's not clear and obvious. But when you're looking at that, and if I was on, if I was on that VAR, and this is where I go into being corrupt and whatever and incompetent. I looked at the first one and I'll have thought, yeah, all right, I've let that one go. Then when I see that second one, I'll have thought, well, I've let that one go. I've, I've got a bit. I'm in the same. I'm, I'm in the same channel yeah. as as that one. So I bet let that one go. Oh no, let's get the disc. Let's have that one. It's total crap. That's what VAR is not there for. It's and you know, as, you know, as soon as that referee goes over to the screen, I mean, like. When, we might when, give when it. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course he's going to give it. Of course, I mean, like I was here now, I jumped out of my seat, you know, you diving bastard, get up, get up, get up. And when I saw him wave it away, I was like, brilliant. Referee, he's, give, he's, he's seen that he's dived, brilliant. We go, we, we move on, you know. But then he gets called back. Graham, yes, mate. Yeah, I just want to come in and say, we're talking about the Jacker shirt ball. I don't think the penalty was given for the shirt ball. I think the, the penalty was given for the contact. So what happened was Silver was really clever. Silver was really clever in that action, Craig. What he did was when he got the ball, he, he literally went uh, into Jacker deliberately. Jacker stuck a slight leg out, dangled a leg, and Silver made sure he went into it. Because if you watch it back, and I've watched it back several times, Silver's going down. Yeah, diving. exactly. Going down before going the contact. Down diving from the, yeah. when, he, when he caught Jacker's leg. Uh, now, so but my, was, but my both, argument both, to that, Craig, both, both, just quickly, uh, sorry, interrupt, but quickly, both, both were low contact uh, uh, incidents, and you had, if you treated one as the judge said, if you treated one one that way, like you did with the Odegaard, very similar, low contact, you had to treat the second one exactly. the same. Exactly, that, right. that's the problem. Exactly. It wasn't. He did pull at his shirt, and Jack has got a history of this. He did it against Brighton in a league game a few years ago. I remember at the yeah. Emirates. Uh, he, he does panic in those sort of situations. That's a flaw in his game. But it wasn't the shirt pull that, that, that gave the penalty. They were looking at the leg, and Silva deliberately went into that leg and then dived and cheated. And that is an absolute fact, Craig. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I have to, I have to agree. Um, but there's and people the in the chat, there's the people in the chat here. It. He said, "I'm not having none of it." He yeah. said it was a dive and had none of it. Yeah. But what's happened is then, once he's seen that, they've put pressure on him. And I don't care what anybody's saying, right, on that monitor, he's not going over there and he's got, he's telling him, look, look, that he's done this and he's done that. Instead of not watching that monitor, because I watched it the other day, he's in his ear listening to what he's got to say. 
just let him go over there and watch it. Mm. But once they go over there, you might as well just, you know, you might as well just go, well, give, give him a penalty. As soon as he said he's going over the monitor, it's a penalty. You ain't gonna yeah. It's you know, it's ridiculous. It's, I don't even say what is the point of going over to the monitor because what it's basically saying is go over the monitor and change your mind. Dan, what we're looking for is like I, again, VAR is not the problem. VAR yeah. is not the problem. The the problem is the man sitting looking at the screen. That, that there's your problem. And Lee Lee quite rightly says that it's an opinion. You know, it's it's, a, yeah. it's the fella's opinion who's sitting in the who's sitting in the in the studio that he's got it wrong, um, and that it's a penalty. All we're looking for, with all I'm looking for for VAR, is consistency. Now, a lot of people in the chat are saying that the penalty was given for the for the shirt pull. I even think I even saw the referee signal to one of the Arsenal players that it was for the shirt pull. He, you know, he was signalling this. You know, now if that's the case, fine. But this round, this round, the next round of Premier League fixtures, we should see about 30 penalties on match of the day this week, if that's the case. Because it happens every week, 10 or 15 times a game, where people are getting their shirts pulled in the box from corners, from free kicks, and nothing happens. No, no one's, you know, the players are going down with their arms up in the air. Why aren't they being looked at? Why isn't the why isn't the VAR fella saying, "Oh, right oh there's someone right. someone has just someone's just pulled the shirt there. You might want to come and have a look at this." Why why is that not working? And another thing, when I talk about consistency, is when you watch Chelsea Liverpool yesterday, and after 15 seconds, Sadio Mane jumps into a fellow with his elbow. It's a clear red card. I don't care what anyone mm. says. It's a red card, mm. and it doesn't even get looked at. So. It's not VAR for me. It's the consistency and the people that are controlling it. I couldn't say it better myself, mate. I could not say it better myself, Craig. Um, I said that VAR stands for very awful refereeing, and it does. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is bang on. It is very awful refereeing. And I think in the year 2000, on Saturday, the referees get telling both Erdegaard and Bernardo Silva, get up, mate. Just get up. What you do, what yeah. you both doing? In the year 2022, which we are now, um, I think both of them are penalties. Uh, if you look at what the other incidents are of the last year or two, then I don't know why both penalties haven't been given. But it's not really the is it a penalty or is it not a penalty that bothers me, Greg. It's the fact that there's a lack of inconsistency, not just yes. in that game, but throughout other games this season and last season. Since VAR was brought in, there's been more controversy than there ever has been in any other Premier League season. And this was supposed to be what does it. Yeah, and that's a great point, by the way. Great VAR point. works in other countries. I said that last night, actually, yeah. with Lee. That it works fine in the Euros. And why do you think that is, Craig? Because we've got the worst officials, mate. That is why it is. They are absolutely shambolic. Lee's right. Stuart Atwell got banned from football refereeing for four years for being incompetent. Why has he been allowed to ref Arsenal versus Manchester City? Nobody could answer that. It wasn't just the VAR decision that was a shambles. It was all of the fouls on the pitch that he let go. He couldn't wait to uh, book Saka. Couldn't wait to book Holding. Couldn't wait to get Gabriel off the pitch. Yeah. But why did we lose that game? Did we lose the game because of Stuart Atwell? No. Did no, we lose no, the no. game because of VAR? No. We lost the game because two of our individuals messed up. Gabriel oh, and Chaka. So agree. that's why we lost the game. Yeah. But if we're talking and sticking to VAR, 
then I think we have to look at what the inconsistency of these officials is about. Because for me, it was shambolic in not just that game. You've pointed to Mane. Lee talked about Harry Kane, who's been playing for three games, where Robertson can't play for three games now because mm. he's been out because apparently his was a red and Harry Kane's wasn't. We've got a lot of injuries at the moment and COVID and all this kind of stuff. So red cards are a massive, massive thing at the moment. So it's going to have to be spot on. And all I ask is that it's fair and it's impartial. And when I'm seeing one of the referee going up to the screen for Manchester City and nothing for Arsenal, that to me isn't fair. It doesn't matter if he doesn't give the penalty, but he yeah. has to go and look at both incidents. He can't decide that one is worth looking at and one is not. And this clear and obvious thing is... I don't get that. I don't understand what that means because nothing I saw was clear or obvious mistakes from anything that the referee had done other than the yellow cards, which you can't come and look at the screen for every yellow card. Mm. So the both of the penalties, I don't think were clear and obvious errors, in my opinion. I don't, I don't look at that and think, how has the ref messed that one up? Because there was a lot of pros and cons for it. We're still deciding whether it was or wasn't now. That's not clear and obvious for me. So I think there's a lot of it that doesn't work. In the Euros, in the World Cup, in the Champions League, in the Europa League even, we don't have this every game and every week because the officials are a lot better. And, you know, I look at how many of those have we seen now against Arsenal and I do start to question what's happening here because we can go back in three or four seasons now with Tommy Asu this season getting stamped on Tommy Asu getting pulled in the box by Harry Maguire we've seen Callum Chambers set uh, get fouled in the box last season and yeah. Socrates put the ball in and then a VAR says that he was actually the, the one Chambers fouling him the foul, yeah. right. I don't get some of the sendings off Aubameyang had a, a situation with Johnny Evans when I was at Leicester away which was a clear last man foul Nothing yeah, got yeah. done there. There's so many over the last few that have just been with Arsenal. That does make me question what's going on there. However, we're Arsenal fans, so they are very, very obvious to us. Maybe Manchester United, Spurs, Everton, Sunderland, Ipswich Town are all in the same boat and they see referee decisions go against them quite a lot and think, oh, are they corrupt against Ipswich Town or Sunderland? Maybe it's just the way fans are. But there certainly is a few that we can name. And if we were to sit down and write them down, Craig, over the last two, three years, just only alone, I think we'd be shocked at how many decisions have not gone our way. And it is well, something that while, I have questions. Just, just while you're talking there, I'm thinking back to David Lewis against Wolves. How has he been sent off for that? Unbelievable, <laughs> wasn't it? He's running back. The player clips his knee because he's running to get the ball. Just because David Lewis was behind, he gets sent off. He's, and the same thing know. happened a week later and nothing happened, mate. It's, yep. shock, it's shocking. Yep. Graham. Go on, Graham. What are you saying? Sorry. Let me mute, Graham. How's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Again, sorry. I've got Sophie Rose here. Keeps putting me on mute. Um, just, just quickly, um, that red card on Saturday, Lee, was our 100th red card. Did you know that? Yeah, and that, that is the 11th red card under Mikel Arteta. So... So clearly we have got a, wherever we think, there is a slight discipline problem, maybe. But for all that, I we talked about the Mane elbow, which was a red card all day long. Did you see that Mason Mount kick out of that Liverpool? Yes, yes, yes. Now, yes. Now, if, that, if that had been Granite Jacker, he would have been sent off. So, 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 yeah, so the reality is, when you think about it, I think referees make decisions based on players. As simple as that. Mason Mount is the golden boy of English football. Right? And so is Harry Kane, he's the captain of England. So they get a pass, but Granite Jacker does not. And I think that's worth saying. So we have got a discipline problem. Discipline clearly is a factor because we have so many red cards. Yeah. Um, but 
For all that, I do think our players are looked at differently to players of other clubs. I think it's a point worth making. Mm. Yeah, and listen, listen, Grant Shacker got sent off for just pushing his head into somebody's definite sending off, not going to argue with that. But when you see that from Mason Mount yesterday, you've got to. Uh, I, rem- I remember someone, uh, was it Shacker that pushed someone, I think, uh, against Burnley? Do you remember he just pushed someone away? I've seen it happen 10, 15 times, people pushing it away. It does happen. You know, I, I, I then see um, Zaha get, do it and he gets sent off and then I see somebody else get away with it. Now, I, I look at this game yesterday and what re- uh, really annoyed me about yesterday's game is that part of me, like, doesn't want to see players sent off because you want to see a game of football. But Mane, after six seconds, is, is sent, should be sent off. Now, they try to make an excuse... VAR, oh, it wasn't this and it wasn't that. Why are you into, Why are you starting now to take the mickey out of me like and by that? It's a sending off, right? You know, in my opinion, it's a sending off. In somebody else's opinion, it might not be a sending off. And that's the thing where we've got the problem. But yeah. two players should have gone yesterday. But for whatever reason, they haven't. Has anybody come out and told us why? What, what's going on? You know what I mean? On, on those things there. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm furious at match of the day the other day. Yeah. Standard, standard um, sending off for Gabriel for a standard booking. I got well, well. Then, then highlight something when when there's a standard yellow card for Manchester City and he doesn't give it. Why don't you do the standard things like you know? And this is this is the the, the, the problem with it. Now, when you go on about Granite Shaka, and I agree with that. Like, has Marnie not got a history of elbows? Has he yeah. not got a history? I think it's about the third or fourth time now he's yeah. done. This. So all of a sudden, it's not co- it's not. So, but why are they not doing him? And I'll tell you why they didn't do him yesterday after that, because it's money. That is a big, big game. It don't want to be ruined. And and I'm, I'm sorry, like, you know what I mean? That, you know, I watched a fantastic game of football ruined on Saturday by a referee, but not, not being good enough to referee an elite game like that. Not having the, not having the bottle. I, I, I think it's not having the bottle. I mean... There's, we people. I mean, Graham. Graham talks about disciplinary. There, I'm going to have to stand up for Gabriel here because the reason I believe the reason he was booked was because Rod. If you watch the the, the melee, um, is actually Rodri pushes Gabriel into the ref. It could be done the for ref, that. Yeah, the ref turns around and sees Gabriel mouthing off. I'm not sure whether did he book him after the penalty. No, he booked him after he, that. He booked him after the penalty. Okay, so it might well, be. If they want to get busy, Craig, why don't they? What you know? I mean, yeah. he pushed him into the referee. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it's a sin enough, but if you want to get busy, you think, oh, well, get busy on that. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems to me, it, I, 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 I'm going to well, say I've it's incompetence rather than corruption. Yeah, I've also got to say, Lee. I mean, the second one. I mean, the, the second tackle. Was that a booking? I, was it a book? He let him, if he's letting Rodri off for the same thing in the first half on, on Shaka, which he did do, Shaka went yeah. past him and he brought him down. And he, he went up to, I, I was there, it was right down the side. I don't know if you remember it in the first half. He got in between two, Rodri put him down. The referee turned around and said, Right, no more of that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he yeah. didn't do that. He could have done that, Gabriel, and said, Look, you're on a booking last time. Couldn't wait to get it out. But yeah. what made it even worse, the, what made that even worse was that holding come off and his first tackle after one minute of being on the pitch, he yellow booked card. it. The yellow card. Like. And, and I he didn't even get... I think it was... Um, who played today? Um, Man United. Um, 
McTominay come yeah. flying in, made made a tackle. He's gone straight there, yellow card. You know what I mean? Like so. There's so what I'm saying is it's not just Arsenal. You know what I mean? Like Man United today, we've we've we'll look at that and go, well, McTominay. All right, I've done exactly the same as what Rodri's done. I've got booked for it. He hasn't. And that, what else it does? Do you know why, Lee? Do you know why? Do you know why I think he's got his booked? And, and, and listen, I thought right, to not book Rodri was a disgrace. And to, had to take his shirt off for him to have to book him, I thought was a disgrace. But when he's just told the ref to f off and dissent and all that, he's just waiting. He's waiting. Of he is. He's he waiting and waiting. Go on, foul someone. I'll send you off. Foul someone. There yeah. it is. Off you go. Because he's so Rodri ain't been swearing at the ref, has he? So the ref's looking, thinking... Does it, they they do it very well, Manchester City. Look, look. They do Fabinho it well. have been doing it for, for, for... And all of a sudden, now Rodri's doing it and all that, like, yeah. you know? And I mean, that, listen, I think it was bad from Gabriel, personally. I think it was a foolish yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a foolish thing. I think we've got... He lost his head. He lost his head. Exactly, Craig. He lost his head. And he, right. had to, he has to stop that. And there is a discipline thing there with some of our youngsters. It's going to be because we're young. And I think we do need to improve on that. The only one thing I do want to say, Dermot Gallagher apparently came out today on Sky. He's unbelievable as well, isn't he? And he's basically said that the reason that he stuck up for the ref not sending Mane off because it was only six seconds into the game and it would have ruined the spectacle. Now, I'm sorry, but it ruined the spectacle on Saturday yeah, for Arsenal. Yeah, I can't get him out. I don't yeah. even want to watch a bloke like that because that's not refereeing. It's not refereeing. I had to turn off. That Gallagher, by the way, is earning a living out of being crap as a referee. You know what I mean? And as a same for that Peter Walton, they're earning money. Yeah. I won't, can't <laughs> tolerate watching people like that trying to stick up for crap. You know what I mean? Like, say how it is. You're on telly. Say it how it is. Mm. It's a sending off. Do your, jo- get, do your job what you're getting paid for. They're puppets on a string. You've got Gallagher yeah. at Sky Sports and you've got that Peter Watton on BT Sports. Now, we were downstairs. While I was watching that game, he came on and I said to him, He was waffling, wasn't he, Craig? TV turned over now. I he said, was waffling, he was. control was going through it. Get it off, get it off. And she said, all right, all right. <laughs> trying to turn it <laughs> before I'm He was waffling, wasn't he? You know, I can't have them all that. Uh, you know, see, and I'll tell you something now. I'm going to say this now, right? I've been, and anybody out there, get to watch it, like uh, a series called Ted Lasso. I've been watching it all over the new year. It's absolutely fantastic, right? But they even give a little bit part in there to, to, um, what's his name? Uh, The referee that I can't stand with a bald head. What's his name? From the Wirral. Oh, Mike Riley. Mike Dean. Mike Dean. They give Mike Dean a little (laughs) part in that. What does that tell you? Because he's an arsehole on can use this at refereeing. For people who are listening to this on audio, the teeth are out. The yeah, teeth are out. It's a part in a, in a program, right? I had to turn that, mute it for a second, like. The reason he's getting, you know, so that get, all. Oh, oh, let's be controversial. I'll get, I'll get a lot, I'll get a career after this refereeing. These refs are getting, you know, they're shit and then they're going to go and make more. Dermot Gallagher sits on there and earning a living at what he's saying. He's pathetic. And yes. I think over the years, what we've seen as well, lads, over the years, not just this season, this this goes back um, to Mike Riley at Old Trafford ruining us. It goes yeah. back to sending yeah. Oxlade Chamberlain off and Kieran Gibbs off, getting them misidentified. Graham Pohl yeah. gave someone three yellow cards before he sent someone off. And now we're seeing this shambles as well. You know, we've had some absolutely shambolic referees over the years, like Andy Durso, David Ellery, oh. Ma- Graham Pohl. How bad are these officials? They've not got any better. Train. Thing, I used so, to refer me, no. referee me the thing from Trin. He was useless <laughs> then and he's useless now. 
Yeah. Look at how how many get apart from Kalina. Name me a referee that you thought was top class. I can't think of one. They've all been terrible. They've. they've no, just no, I reckon awful. the best one that Michael Oliver is crap. What about Clattenburg? What he's about right, Clattenburg? Right. I thought he was yeah. all right. I thought yeah. he was all right. Howard Webb as well. A lot of people gave him yeah. stick. He weren't too bad. Oh, Howard Webb, do not. He was Manchester United's 12th man every game. Yeah, yeah he was, bloke. but I thought he was quite a good ref, but he was, unless he was what Old was Trafford. The, the big black fella's name. Like, it was like, like built like Can't a Can't say things man. like that, Lee. Do you know what I mean? Like, Uriah, Uriah, Uriah Rennie. Uriah, Uriah Rennie. Rennie. Yeah. He was a decent ref. He was a decent ref. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... No, he was decent. He, he, I, I never thought he was he was that bad. Someone just said Paul Durkin. Don't get me on about him. Do you remember that game at Anfield oh, when he Durkin. sent off? Uh, oh, he, uh, he sent off um, oh, the fella that's manager uh, of of Rangers now. Do you remember that? He was winning two two one. The Dutch fella played for Arsenal. Sent him off when we was winning two. The Dutch oh, player who played Sorry, for Graham. Arsenal. Graham. 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 Van, Van Bronckhorst, and then and then uh, then then um, uh, Freddie Lundberg goes round the goalkeeper, goal scoring opportunity, just books him. You know what I mean? Like you know, <laughs> corrupt, been corrupt all the way through. Like you know what I mean? You're on already though. weren't a bad referee. I'm 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 gonna I'm sticking my neck out on him. He weren't bad. He weren't bad. And what was the other one from the northeast with the big big head? <laughs> <laughs> Like a, such great like descriptions soldier. these are, aren't they? He looked like a soldier. He had a black head. He was from the northeast. Move on, Mark. But he, 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 no, he I know wasn't. the fellow you mean. He had a big mullet, didn't he? Yeah, he weren't. He weren't. But he wasn't bad. He wasn't a bad ref. He was from. He come up from New. I think he was from Newcastle or someone like that. He had a big sort of tufty hair thing. Was like it Ellery? Peter Ellery? No, 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 no. Anyway. Anyway, 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 we could be, yeah, we could sit we here get the point. About we get the point. Refs. They're all rubbish. Yeah, yeah, we get the point. They're all <laughs> crap. Um, right, last question <coughs> of the night. Um, just before we go on to uh, get a get a prediction for what what's going to happen um, during the week at Anfield. Uh, oh no, we're at home first, aren't we? What's going to go? What's going to go happening at the Emirates in the first leg of the cup semi final? Lee, a, a yes or no answer for all of you. Um, Mikhail Arteta's contract's up in Jeff 18. Winter. Well Jeff done, Winter. Nigel. Yeah. Nigel. Well done, Nigel. He was not Nigel, bad. Nigel, Nigel, the boy. Yeah, Jeff Winter was all right, actually. He's a, well done, Nigel. My description was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. He did. He, he had a few pies, I think, that Jeff Winter. He's definitely from, definitely from up north. Um, Arteta's contract up um, in 18 months' time. If I'm pushing a contract across the table to him now... Would you want him to sign it? No, not yet. Interesting. Not, I'm not convinced yet. I'm still not convinced. I'm liking what I'm seeing at the moment, but um, I would see, wait to see where we are at the end of the season. Okay. Dan? Uh, I'm with Lee. Um, I wouldn't get him to sign it yet. I think we've got a huge month coming up. And if we get to the end of the season and we're out of Europe and we haven't got a trophy then I'll be tearing his contract up and showing him the door. So I don't think we're going to be giving him the contract um, now after a few wins. I am a lot more, a lot happier. Um, and I'll be very happy if we get to the 1st of Feb and we've beaten Spurs and we're in both cups still. I'll tell you that. But it will still be the end of the season for me. Um, and that's if he if he does last that long. If we start coming down 8th, 9th, I'll obviously want him to be gone. But if you're going to give me a contract now, the answer is no for him to sign it. 
just before we go in there, Graham. Uh, thank you, Chris, for your kind donation. Um, was <laughs> it sounded like Lee was describing Mark Hughes? <laughs> <laughs> um, and this one comes in from Sam. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, how do we solve the refereeing problem? Accountability, go foreign. Uh, the ref goes to the monitor for the penalty and red card decisions every time. I think I'm with Sam. I think it's time to start recruiting from the outside um, with the referees and get some European ones in the Premier League. Um, Graham, the contract. If I slid, if I slid a, a, a three-year contract across the table for Mikel Arteta, would you be happy for him to sign it? Uh, not at the moment, Greg. I think um, I don't think. To be fair, he has to sign it at the moment. Um, I think I don't think he's under any real pressure. Uh, I've said that all along. I think they've totally bought into him. They've given him 129 million pounds in the transfer market. They're going to give him more money, I think, in the January window. Um, and I think they're heavily into Mikel Arteta. So I, I think, but in answer to the question, he hasn't done enough yet to earn another contract. I agree with the lads on that one. I don't think he needs to sign it. And I don't think, regardless of, you know, I've got this funny feeling that, we, you know, we're not going to finish up as low as we did last year. And we just do enough for him to, to be able to say at the end of the season, it's, it's, it, the pro, it's progress. And I, I think, you know, whatever we think that he has, and, and we had our doubts quite rightly early in the season, I think, um, Things are heading in the right direction, but yeah. I, I um, and I think, you know, let's just wait and see how it pans out. But I, I, I think that he'll be he's doing well enough, I think, to get another contract at the moment. But the boys are quite right. If we end up eighth again and it all falls apart, but I just can't see that happening. So, but yeah, um, but no, in answer to your question, not at the moment. Okay, interesting. Um, this comes back in from Chris. Thank you very much, mate. Um, very kind. I'm happy with holding Stanner's fourth choice if Saliba returns. Uh, the summer recruitment included four leaders, would-be captains, top six this season. Bring on next season. Already looking forward to next season. Um, optimistic. I like it. Optimism. What are we going to see Thursday, lads? A good young squad, I would imagine, Lee. Um, will we see Martinelli lead the line? Something like that. Smith Rowe, Saka. Uh, would we see Charlie Patino um, start for Arsenal? Uh, well, we're definitely... We're definitely without Partey, definitely without El Nini. So some, something's got to change there. So I, I think we go pretty strong for this game. No, nope. no. Nope. He thinks we go that strong. He's popped off to go and look yeah. now. He's been he's been <laughs> taken out. Um, I think I think Sophie Rose, Sophie Rose has pushed his button. <laughs> <laughs> he's never going to live this down, is he? He's never going to live this down. Uh, Dan. Um, Take over, son. Take over. Yes, mate. I will. This is the team I think it will be anyway. Um, I think Leno will be in goal. I think the fullbacks will be the same as they were against Sunderland, Cedric and Nuno Tavares. I think Ben White and Rob Holding will probably partner each other now that Gabriel is obviously suspended. I don't think we've got any other midfield partnerships, unless he brings Patino in, um, than Granite Chaka and Lukonga, if I'm honest with you. So I suspect that will probably be the midfield pairing. And then it gets interesting, Craig, because Eddie and Ketty are someone who was a rumour that he might be tested positive for COVID. If that's not the case, I think he'll start up front because I think mm. he was uh, his hat-trick against Sunderland warranted that start um, instead of Lacazette. And then it's going to be interesting. Is he going to go with Erdegaard, Saka and Smith-Rowe? Is Martinelli going to come into the side? There's going to be a few youngsters. I don't think Balogun will start because I think that he was quite poor against Sunderland, personally. 
Um, so for me, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with that front lineup. But I don't think it's going to be a load of kids. I don't think Balogun's, Patino's, um, Amari Hutchinson's, nobody like that is going to come in. It's going to be, I think, a little bit of a mixture, which I think we can afford to do. We've got the, to do this the right way round now. We've got Forrest on Saturday where we can play the Balogun's and Patino's if we want to. But for me, we've got to make sure that we handle this well in terms of team selection over the next four games because we've got a North London derby that's not too far away but mm-hmm. also we've got to try and get through this Carabao Cup fixture over two legs so that we can be in the final of the cup because for me I think our team will be stronger than Liverpool's because they're depleted they've got no Salah or Mane now because of Africa Alisson's got Covid Firmino has Matip has so that means they are depleted for me but they've got some good see- youngsters mate They've got some good. They have. They have got but some so have good we. young players. But yeah, so have yeah. we. So let's see who's got the best youngsters. I think Greg will answer the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we said that the last time, didn't we? In that yeah. epic five-all draw. Ah, <laughs> oh, um, that was mental. Up, up at Anfield, that was a superb game. A uh, horrible way to finish that game, obviously on penalties. But um, yeah. two, two, both both the teams that night were were, were outstanding. Uh, Graham, what do you think is going to happen um, Thursday? Well, I, I think it's a cup semi-final. It's Liverpool. I think we've got to go as strong as possible. Simple as that. Um, I want to win it. So, so, I, I, yeah, I so, want to win know, this I, trophy. Look, I, I think that uh, Leno will definitely play in goal, I think, uh, because he's the cup goalkeeper. Mm. Uh, I think that Holding has to come in because Gabriel's suspended. Otherwise, I would have gone with our strongest back four. Uh, and I think I would, I'd rather play Tierney instead of Tavares. But I think Tavares will play. I agree with that. But I think I would play Tierney. And, and to be honest with you, I'll play Lacazette up front. I don't care that Nketiah's got a hat-trick in the, in the last game. Uh, this is a cup semi-final. Yes. It's a great chance of winning the trophy. I think we should play our strongest possible team. I and play the Graham. And play the front line that's working. The front line I don't working. think he will. I don't think he will, though, Graham. But I agree with you. But, but, but the reality is, you can't take Liverpool lightly just because they haven't got Salah and money. money. Then they played Leicester. They were 3-1 down at home with a, with a skeleton team. Not Well, mm. not their strongest team. And they still got through. They've still got great players they can bring in. So if we go in with this sort of mentality when the Ketties are um, Carling Cup's uh, centre-forward and, um, you know, uh, we, we, we won't go strong uh, at left-back. We'll, we'll give Tavares a game because he's been playing there all the time. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're forced to play hold in the middle because Gabriel's in. Uh, you know, not, not fair. Or even if we let Tommy Asu out and played a different right back, that's a massive mistake. This is a cup competition. We're one, uh, two games away from Wembley and possibly winning a trophy. And I think, and I've got this funny feeling that, you know, I've got this funny feeling that Tottenham and Arsenal have got the best chance of getting to the final for the simple reason the other two teams have got massive problems in their squad and they're in Europe. So they are going to more likely to rotate. So, so I think that we have to go as strong as possible. And, and, I, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I just don't want to change the, the back line too much and I don't want to change the forward line too much because that's what's got us our success on the field in the last few games. He has to make one or two changes. Uh, admittedly, because Partey's gone, so the Congo's got to come in and Gabriel suspended, but Holding's got to play. But if, apart from that and playing the goalkeeper, I'll play our strongest of them. Mm. Talking about, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I like, I like what you're saying, Graham, and, and I, I would do the same. I want to win this trophy. For me, you know, I'm an, for me, growing up as a lad, playing foot, you play football to win trophies. And, and I want to see Arsenal winning trophies. That's what it's all about. But, Dan, is this, has this fixture come at a bit of a bad time? Um, is he going to, will Arteta, in the back of his mind, be thinking that he's got a North London derby in between these two, in between these two games? So, 
is he going to, you know, is he going to rest his more senior players? Is he going to let the young fellas, you know, is he going to let the young fellas loose, so to speak? Mm. It's the busiest month of our season, to be honest with you, um, because we're out of Europe. Mm. But I don't think it's come at the wrong time, Craig, because we're playing well. So we're informed, we've got confidence, and I know that we didn't win on the weekend, but actually we played well, and I don't think it would have knocked their confidence so much. I think the players would have left feeling more disappointed in the fact that we lost in that way as opposed to us mm. being just dreadful. It's the only game at the Emirates I've seen, actually, in probably 15 years where we lost the game and the fans were absolutely going nuts at the end, clapping yeah. them, giving them all confidence, which is great to see. It means that there's a connect now between fans and the players. Just to interrupt, but, on, just to on interrupt there as well, Dan... You know the fans were brilliant at the weekend. The Emirates, the, the, the Emirates on Saturday is what the, is what I want the Emirates to be against Burnley, Norwich, you know, Spurs, United. That is the pinnacle of what the Emirates Stadium should be. I thought it was quite an intense atmosphere and a quite an intimidating atmosphere um, as well for Manchester City. It's about time that that stadium was used as a as a, as a place where people are going to come to be intimidated, not just by the fans, but by the way we play football as well, you know. And I think if the players keep playing like they are, the fans, you know, are really going to get onside. And 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 they will, you know, it will be, a, you know, it will be an intimidating place to come. But one other thing I was going to say there, Dan, for the first time in a long time, I saw 11 gutted players at full time. Yeah, I haven't 100%. seen that for a long, long time. You know, when we've been away to teams where Mertesack has had to get Mercer Ozil to go and clap the fans or players have walked straight off the pitch or on at the weekend, I saw 11 knackered, gutted players. And that's all you can ask for. A hundred percent, mate. And um, I just wanted to say a couple of things on that because I feel like now we have a team that the fans are not just connected with, but the fans like. I can actually say there is probably two or three players that I'm like, take or leave. The rest of them, I'm really bought into them. You know, mm. Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, Kieran Tierney, I absolutely love. Gabriel, Ben White's really impressed me the last few games and he stepped up his game. I like Lukonga from what I've seen. Nuno Tavares come in that time for a few games and look good. I've been really impressed with Erdegaard the last five or six games. And of course, I love the youngsters in Saka, Smith, Rowe and Martinelli. That's a long time since I could say that many players that I was really bought into at the club. So that is, that is credit to Arteta and Edu off the field. I think off the field, they've been really good. And I think it proves that they do understand what it means to wear the shirt. And they're looking at a certain mentality of player that can not just do well on the pitch, but connect with the fans and understand what it means to wear the shirt. So that has certainly improved. I think that then connects with the fan base. And the one thing that people haven't actually touched on too much, and I think maybe people have forgot, but we need to take into consideration we ain't been allowed into the stadiums for so long. So now it's been so good when we have been there even more so. And I think what that has done is it counteracted on the the players as well because they've realised, wow, we have missed you not being here. So I think that's definitely put a buzz into the stadium. I've been to home and away to every game this season apart from Old Trafford and Burnley away and everything else has that I've been to has been an immense atmosphere home and away. The fans have been outstanding. And I think that we've started to see a lot more of a lift at the Emirates this season more than I ever have. I've not seen that in a long time. And 
the credit to the fans has to be we actually haven't seen many great performances at the Emirates this season. We've been really good at home, but we haven't seen like, oh my God, outstanding performance. I remember scraping past Norwich, but the fans were brilliant. Scraping mm. past Watford, fans were brilliant. Newcastle. It was only really the last few games at the Emirates against Southampton, West Ham and Man City that I've looked at everyone going, wow, your atmosphere is just as good as it was against Norwich at 1-0. But we're really enjoying this performance at the moment and I think that lifts it. The last couple of things I want to say, because I know Lee's had a power cut but he's back now um, is I think apparently Eddie's got COVID so he's going to yeah. be out so we might see Lacazette we might see Martinelli up top and then play the three youngsters behind which I'm really hoping we do see on Thursday night now um, but the Nottingham Forest game they're saying could actually be cancelled because they've just had their fixture cancelled Nottingham Forest due to COVID problems right. so watch this space we might not actually have this many games but to answer your original question Craig it might not have come at the best of time but I don't think there's a bad time this season because we're out of Europe so it is going to be a bit more of a fixture pile up due to the Cups but we have got enough players in my opinion to rotate a couple of positions or keep it fairly strong and still have the confidence to go through both competitions and have a strong side to play against uh, Tottenham in the North London derby. So this is a huge month for Arsenal. Sam, thank you very much for your kind donation, mate. Uh, I think he's going on what I've been saying. You know, you, We don't have the luxury of turning our noses up um, to any domestic cup competitions at the moment and I totally agree. Lee, just before you got cut off there, I was saying that it's a trophy I want to win. Um, you know, Growing up as a young lad, playing football, you played football to win trophies. I don't um, like seeing. I don't like seeing the Carabao Cup get its, you know, get its bad name for playing youngsters and, and, and things like that. I want to see Arsenal lift this cup. I was just saying to Dan, I was get your thoughts on it. There's a North London derby, obviously, in between the two games. Um, will that hinder Mikel Arteta's um, choice nah. selection? No, nah, I, I agree with Dan. I think like the, the, the not Norwich game looks like it could be called off. Don't know. If it, if it isn't, it looks like Forrest are going to have to play a, a very, very understrength team or forfeit the game. I don't know what's going to happen with the Cup games because last season when teams got COVID, i.e. Orient against Spurs, if you remember rightly, they had to um, forfeit the fixture. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't see Forrest forfeiting it. Uh, so they're put out a weak side. So I don't know. So I think at this moment in time, just play it game by game, strength by strength. You don't know what's going to happen the following week. So I would go strong for this game. Um, without with only changes that you've got to make, I, I, I really do. I think Smith Rowe comes in to maybe give Saka a break or, or Martinelli one of the two. As, as Dan said, I don't think Eddie would be fit, so um, may, maybe this is the time to see, see like put Martinelli up there alongside Smith Rowe and and Saka and see if that works. Yeah, I don't know, something to do there. But you know, going back to the League Cup, I think that you know, I, I do think you play um, um, lesser sides early on if you can afford to do it but ultimately you know there's three massive clubs there aren't there like in Liverpool Arsenal and, and Chelsea you know that are in the semi-finals so um, you know that have all won trophies over the last few years so um, you always get one one team that may not quite deserve to get there and, and that's Tottenham Hotspur but they're there like you know so um, um, we'll have to wait and see like that but, but all jokes aside there's four big teams there that are all chasing for the top four or, or bigger that are in the semi-final. So, and you look at that in the early rounds of the FA Cup, I'm guaranteeing that we'll all make, be making changes. But come the end of the season in the semi-finals, there'll be four of the biggest teams in the country in those semi-finals. It always is. 
I do apologise. I have got it wrong. It's the Nottingham Forest game that was supposed to be in between yeah. the two of them, not the Spurs game. My apologies. I got those two mixed up. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here this evening. Um, and talking Arsenal with you is always a massive pleasure on a Monday evening. Thank you very, very much for your valued input. Um, I'm sure everyone, um, everyone in the chat and everyone who listens and everyone who watches would agree. Dan, thank you very much for your time this evening, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you, mate. Um, it was a pleasure, as always. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed that, guys. It's great to be back, man, on same old Arsenal. It really is. So, uh, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's a, a good pleasure. feeling. It's a good feeling. It is good. It is good. Graham, did you want to come in on something? Yeah, I, I want to come in, Craig. Um, Go on. Just to, just to let you boys know that my secret Santa turned up for Mark. <laughs> and and uh, he, he had, uh, obviously the cheese didn't turn up. So I reckon that they didn't deliver that because I put cheese in the post. But I, I think I, I sent him a um, – uh, he's a Star Trek fan, is he, Dan? I, I wanted to get him a captain's log. but So I sent him a chocolate <laughs> log. I sent him a chocolate log. And he sent me pictures of your family eating it. Uh, yep. so yeah, we enjoyed true? it. We enjoyed it, yeah, mate. I saw we those pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, we, yeah. we enjoyed it at the Emirates, mate. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm glad that turned up. So it wasn't secret, but he got his present in the end. Great to be back talking to the judge yourself uh, and Dan tonight. And obviously I missed Harry tonight because I would love to see him defend Granite Jacker tonight on that tackle. Yeah, that, that would have been good, all right. That would have been good. But I think I've done quite a good job of that, I think. He, he's um, gone in hiding, hasn't he, Harry? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, I'm not going on there tonight. No way, no way. No, I'm not coming on. I've got work. <laughs> Judges, thank you very much, mate, for your... No uh, problems, no problems. got to go and sort my telly out now. Soon about the darts because I've had a bloody haircut. Yeah. Right now. But, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Good to be back and uh, see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. We will see you next week. Um Amanda, you saw the show. Some of some of you may have saw on the show last night. Amanda's joined the team. She's going to be doing her uh, her own show every week. I believe she's going to start on the fourteenth of January, and she is going to be doing a little bit of a Spurs preview for you all. I think she's got a couple of Spurs mates, if you can call them that, um, coming on with her to talk about the game. So that should be good. That'll be on the fourteenth of January. Uh, we'll be back next week, as per on Monday, eight o'clock or nine o'clock. We'll see you next week. Um, what we what what we where what time we can all meet up at. Uh, thank you very much for your kind donations. Um, very much appreciated. Until we see you again, take care of yourselves and each other, and up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.